God hates Italians and that's why he gave them the boot. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and today we are talking about episodes 36 and 37 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind. You know, I previously said like, oh boy, we're going to see even more ridiculous powers from uh, <laughs> yeah. from from Silver Chariot Requiem. And, uh-huh. and but I also kind of forgot everything else that happens here. Like I only yeah, remember we see the very... a lot of completely ridiculous things unrelated to Silver Chariot. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I only remembered the the very broad strokes of the these two episodes, and so I was just frequently yeah, me saying, "Me too." And I just watched them. <laughs> yeah, and so while rewatching these, I was going what all over again, which is. <laughs> pretty good pretty good oh all right so so let's not leave the people in suspense let's get right (laughs) episodio trying to say diavolo surfaces and we start with dopio having a very very bad time Mm -hmm. uh he's waking up in bruno's body which is uh dead uh, and dying, and shot several times. <laughs> yep. And so he he's just kind of talking to himself uh, as he's bleeding out everywhere, and it's raining on top of his dead corpse, and also dying corpse, and basically saying with his final words here, like, "Ah, shit, I guess I got... Don't entirely know how this happened, but I guess I got separated from the boss. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'd do anything for the boss if if... He can, you know, realize his goal and and all this. But, man, I wish he would call me just one more time. And there's like a cell phone on the ground near him and he tries to reach for it. This is Dopio's death scene. Mm -hmm. Like, we've seen so many people just pass out and appear to be dead and then show up alive later. But no, this is, let me just tell you, because the show doesn't make it as explicit as it could. Mm -hmm. This is Dopio's death scene. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's tragic because... So much of who Dopio is only really comes out in the final moments. Like, yeah, he has truly understood all along the exact nature of his relationship to the boss. Yeah. And he really, really loves the boss, like mm-hmm. in a, a, a pure hearted and open way that the boss is completely incapable of. Yeah. But it does. It does make you think back. To that fortune teller in Sardinia who said that as long as the two were joined, they would be unstoppable. Mm-hmm. 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 Situations changed as we go into the OP, and we are not seeing Dopio again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Goodbye, Dopio. Like a lot a lot of people are dying, and a lot of people are getting like some scene to underline this is an important person who has died dopio doesn't get that no because dopio is all alone in the world with only me to love him <laughs> rest in peace dopio you're a good boy maybe doing bad things but you're a good boy terrible terrible things frightfully bad things please stop putting your finger behind people's eyeballs god jesus christ i forgot about that <laughs> Ugh. So yes, we are catching up with all of our boys in all of their various mixed up bodies. Uh, uh, <laughs> your mixed up body and you from the <laughs> ad council. Now, uh, uh, as they are chasing Silver Chariot Requiem, uh, who's carrying the air- arrow. Well, the the uh, Silver Chariot does not have the arrow. It's actually in Polnareff's mouth, his turtle mouth. That's, yes, yes, that is right. 
I just love the shots you see of Polnareff, Turtle Polnareff, with the arrow in his little mouth, and he's just screaming at Misa to like, hey, you're the closest, stab your stand with this arrow. And his little turtle body is sweating bullets. Like <laughs> vibe- don't sweat. Turtles yeah, don't sweat. Like vibrating, like struggling to hold the arrow in his mouth like it's the heaviest thing in the world for his little turtle body. <laughs> it's so cute looking. Mm-hmm. Silver Chariot Requiem has the ability to swap souls and glands. That That is why this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. The gland stuff just hasn't come up yet. Uh, glands are part of the soul, which is why they transfer. Oh, that over. makes so much sense. <laughs> yep. Sure does. Nothing else to think about there. So, so yeah, Silver Chariot is rushing, rushing toward the arrow to, to get it back from from pulling the turtle. And Mista, like, squares up and tries to fire uh, uh, to, to stop his charge. But the gun falls apart into little bits. Mm-hmm. Nobody can stop Silver Chariot Requiem except Mista and his backup gun. He has a second gun. Yes, he he swiped a Beretta from that cop from the previous episode that was like catcalling. And he blasted a hole through the cop's mouth and then handcuffed him through Mm -hmm. the mouth to that pole. Yeah. So yeah, they they blast a couple holes into Silver Chariot's face and it falls over. Mista's like, hey, fucking Sex Pistols, why is my gun just falling to pieces? And the Sex Pistols disagree. Number five floats the idea that maybe they were sabotaged by the boss. And number seven says, shut up, you loser. Everyone hates you. Yeah. This is a clear-cut case of metal fatigue. And, uh, of course, you have to remember that number seven is the one that sounds like a old-timey, rootin' tootin' westerner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's been no time recently to, like, maintain the gun, and so... You've just been using that gun a lot. So this cylinder just wore, like the, the axle on the cylinder wore down and the thing popped off. I find this unbelievable. Yeah. I, there is no world in which Guido Mista is, is negligent in his, his gun maintenance, right? Yeah. That's like number two right below little spaghetti, little pastrami's for, for his friends. Yeah. It's the same thing as saying, oh, Naked Snake forgot to maintain his gun. No, it wouldn't happen. No. God, no. <laughs> it's his baby. <laughs> That's the same as saying Solid Snake didn't hit on a woman uncomfortably. No. <laughs> uh-huh. And so while they're, we're, they're talking about that, uh, Silver Chariot gets back up again uh, and just grabs the arrow even though it's still got the arrow, continues to just charge towards Polnareff. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's no longer just okay with defending the arrow. These people keep fucking interfering, as so now it's out to just kill whoever was holding the arrow last. Yeah, yeah. They, they finally tripped his enemy flag. Like, all right, time to fuck y'all up. Yep. So it gets shot again, uh, uh, and also punched by gold experience. Yes. Canonically, the weakest puncher of all the punch stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets like its legs and one of his arms blown off or something like that. It gets some limb blown off by, by Mises' gun. For being a super indestructible stand, it's very destructible. Like, the <laughs> it's just you un- can't stop it by blowing its parts off, but those parts come off real easy. Yeah, but even with his parts blown off, it's still able to like lunge forward and hop very quickly on one leg. Yes! And it just starts well, going... No, both of its legs are blown off. It's just running around on little stumps. Oh, right, right. It's just on stumps, yeah. <laughs> it's very goofy looking. Yeah, and so 
it just starts going towards Polnareff, which Mista is now holding on to like he's a fucking football. As he leaps up onto a lamppost and, and climbs up to safety, bar- barely, barely getting away. Yeah. And Mista's like asking the, the pistols, like, hey, can you reload my gun? And they, they stress, and they stress this again later. It takes longer for the sex pistols to reload a Beretta because it's in a magazine and not a not a revolver. Yeah. They can't just slide bolts right into the chamber. They gotta pop they gotta it out and fill the magazine and blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So that is when something bursts through this lamppost that Meast is climbing upon, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, knocks Polnareff out of his grip onto the ground. And that is when, <laughs> like, okay, I made this comparison last week, but he's a mutant turtle. Yeah, he is a a currently mutating turtle and we know this because a brown fleshy lobster claw (laughs) comes out of the shell as a second head but not really because it's followed by an actual second head yeah like a weird little fish monster head yeah just starts coming out like right next to his turtle head so another one of chariot requiem's abilities is everyone that got sleepy and got swap seed is now also mutating in its yeah. uh, uh, remit to protect this arrow at all costs, it's turning everyone into disgusting flesh monsters. Yeah, but Polnareff starts monologuing briefly about, like, for 4.5 billion years, evolution has been able to take his course free- freely or whatever. And now Silver Cherry is doing, just doing whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> and so, yeah, you see, so... It's not wrong. Yeah, and so you see Chariot Requiem just with the arrow again... And glue, gluing all of its its limbs back together, just walking down the road, and everybody it it walks past now has like extra eyeballs grown out of their face or oh, bones. The one the one shot of an eyeball growing underneath someone's skin on the side of their face, yeah, and then it slides forward until it comes out, and now there's two eyeballs in one eye socket. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's spooky. Yeah, there, there's one lady who has, like, a whole extra mouth and face grown out of the side of her face, and it's kind of, like, pushing her original face to the side a bit. Yeah. As we are seeing the effects of this latest this latest step on uh, Requiem's tech tree, <laughs> uh, it, his, his stride has changed. He doesn't look like a confident swagger. He looks, like, very stiff and focused, and, and the way he walks... He he might have to poop. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that he's Polnareff's after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> but now the boss finally makes himself known to the viewer by a uh, uh, internal monologue represented by seeing King Crimson's face like a uh, uh, superimposed, semi-transparent over mm-hmm. events as he watches them unfold and and talks to himself about how, yes, yes, he sees this clear path to victory to, to seize the arrow and its power. Yeah, th- this whole time, wherever the boss is hiding, he's been using this time to kind of just study Silver Chariot Requiem to figure out its weakness or, or how it could get around its abilities to get the arrow. And meanwhile, the gang is freaking out about, hey, everyone's suddenly mutating and evolving at a rapid pace. And Mm -hmm, Trish mm -hmm. in Misa's body is like, well, first, everyone's looking around going like, well, it doesn't look like it hurts. (laughs) (laughs) No one's in pain. They're just sitting there turning into horrible monsters. (laughs) So I guess it doesn't hurt. 
not that bad. And then Trish and Misa's body is just like, well, it's pretty bad for my mental state to think about this, though. <laughs> and, and, and also, she sees her finger, which for now isn't her finger, splitting open to reveal it is happening to them as well. Yeah. This is basically just a ticking clock, I yeah. guess. Yeah. But in the form of disgusting body horror. Yeah. Life being created by something that you told what animals look like, and he wasn't exactly listening. Yeah. Yeah, they got eyes? Yeah, okay. All right. I, I can work with that. Just wherever. Who knows? So everyone starts, is on the run again. Until Giorno, for perhaps the last time, says, hey, everybody, cool it. Stop for a second. Yeah. I've looked at a gun. Yeah, everyone fucking stop exactly where you are. Everyone keep a good distance from, from everyone else. This gun's weird. This gun's weird. I'm pretty sure this that Mista's busted gun was busted by sabotage. Thank you, number five. You are always my favorite. I mm-hmm. love you, little man. Uh, and everybody's like, Jorno, shut the fuck up. They're getting away. My hand is turning inside out. We gotta go. Yeah. And Jorno says no. I've turned part of this gun into a mole and asked it to find a different missing part of this gun. And when we have all the parts together, we'll be able to see whether this is just metal fatigue or sabotage. The mole very easily finds that part. And he like, journal explains more than we need to know. And he's like, this mole is basically blind, but he's got a really good sniffer, which means he can find his the gun part that he is also made out of very easily oh look here's the mole with the gun part let's put it on the gun part oh shit the gun part doesn't quite fit anymore because it's been twisted up this has got to be sabotage who's the boss that mole is adorable though it's really cute it's the cutest little guy that Jordo's ever made more mammals Jordo, please more mammals yeah, he's... they're fluffy and sweet yeah Jordo's really got to make some more cute stuff to make up for all the snakes maybe some birds Oh, yeah. Look, I'm not saying snakes can't be cute. I'm definitely saying the ones he's made, not particularly cute. Yeah, you got to make uh, uh, like the little the little baby snakes or garden snakes or something. Or the or the snake from that picture of an actual real life snake eating bread. <laughs> That's a pretty okay snake. That's a good yeah. snake. He looked happy to, to eat on that bread. Th- this is what really seals the, the idea that now everyone believes Diavolo did get put into one of their bodies. He's, he's sharing a person again, like he always does, mm-hmm. but they don't know which. And Giorno's top suspect is, is Trisha's body, uh, uh, ro- rooming with Mista, mm-hmm. uh, while Mista is sure that Diavolo is not there inside with him <laughs> and, and uh, sets himself against anyone who would suggest such a thing. Yeah. And so Giorno is, is going to do a test, and it makes me think of that scene from The Thing where they're doing the blood tests one by one with everybody to see who's got the thing in them. I mean, these mutations might also make you think of a lot of other scenes from The Thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, at least no one's head has fallen off and started chasing people yet. Yet. Uh, yet. Uh, but Giorno also points out that this, now that they know what's what, this is actually a huge tactical advantage because... Uh, the boss is not able to pilot whatever body he's sharing. So mm-hmm. as long as they figure out where he is, they've got him trapped in a flesh prison. They, yeah. they have him totally constrained. Yeah, because yeah, if he had control, he would have killed everybody by now. 
And so Giorno has a way to, to figure out where the boss is, and that is, hey, when he was checking out his own body when it previously had Narancha in it, you know, Narancha got killed, he could kind of detect the absence of a soul with with the, the touch of golden experience, so therefore... So surely he could detect a double dose of soul. Yeah, yeah. And he demonstrates by grabbing Polnareff and does a little gold glowing. He's like, there's one dude in there, certified one dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now he's going to go to Mista and Trish's body. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Mista hates this. Yeah. Speaking of John Carpenter movies, th- this is uh, uh, They Live. He does not want to wear the glasses. Yeah, and yeah, he will that fight too. you for half an hour over it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. A JoJo version of that fight scene would be incredible. <laughs> So, so yeah, he uh, does not want to be touched. He he uh, refuses to to be part of this. Like, hey, how do we know it's not you? You could be lying, huh? Huh? How do you know? And and Bruno like breaks the stalemate by uh, uh, volunteering to go first. Yep. Let's see if the boss stayed home and he's in here with me. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, before I actually go and walk any closer to test this. Giorno decides he, he's got to have a way to make sure that the boss isn't jumping out at any second. So he bites his finger and does the Polnareff trick, just having like the blood drops. Just wear a watch. Just wear a fucking watch. <laughs> None of these people got watches. They got to really update their fashion there game to incorporate watches. watches. Yeah. <laughs> there are high end Italian fashion they, watches. They really got to incorporate on. that into their, their thing here. So, yeah. So all we got are our blood drops to, to go with. And so Giorno is very slowly walking forwards towards Bruno in Diavolo's body. And once he gets very, like, within just a few steps, suddenly time jumps forward. And he's like an an extra half step forward. There's a bunch of extra blood in his hand. Ah, shit. Where is the boss? And we find out when King Crimson leaps behind Giorno's back and punches Gold Experience's arm off Again, always just punching arms off this yep. guy. Yep. And and everyone wheels around because it looks like King Crimson popped out of Trish Mista, but actually it popped out of Mista Trish. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Diablo the whole time was, was hiding in, uh, riding along with Trish's soul and Mista's body. When everyone thought at first that Diablo was coming out of Trish's body, that's when Trish pulled out uh, Spice Girl to attack. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, then it's like, ooh, whoopsie-daisy, dad's with you. And so King Crimson just pops out and grabs Spicy Lady. And Diablo, Diablo's like, oh, man, fucking finally you pulled your stand out. Now that I've got it by the neck and arms, I can just move your stand's limbs around, therefore moving mm-hmm. your body's limbs around, and I have full control over Misa's body now. I can just puppeteer yeah. him. It, it's like he did the dopio swap, but with extra steps, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a body that he can't normally control unless he's physically puppeteering it. <laughs> so our mid-episode title card is just an updated swap diagram, now that we know where everybody is mm-hmm. and where everybody was uh, uh r.i.p dopio mm-hmm. so so yeah this this situation also explains why uh trish couldn't use her her daddy sense to find him yes uh, uh he, they, they were sharing space together mm-hmm. so everyone's just like well one giorno's just in a ball on the ground in the background because his fucking arm got punched off yeah but that happens to him like every day he's fine yeah he's fine 
And so it's just Bruno and Mista here who are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they try to close in on, on Diavolo here. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over the course of one frame, Mista's body is there and then it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just eliminates time so he can get a head start of running towards Silver Chariot Requiem. Yep, he's finally got motor control of a sense and damn it he's gonna use it so yeah he's running running down the streets uh dodging sex pistols fire through time obliteration in some fun ways yeah it's pretty good there's a part where bruno's like shouting at misa like what are you doing fucking fire your gun and misa's like i already did and i don't remember doing it because he fired the gun (laughs) while time was getting eliminated so there's smoke coming out of the barrel. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the little guys are, are riding the bullets through the streets, uh, uh, curving them around, zigzagging them. But King Crimson just obliterates any moment where he would be hit. He's dodging. There's one really cool setup where dodging one bullet, uh, uh, it then, you know, passes uh, through him and, and uh, knocks over a lamppost. Uh, and then when he dodges around another one, that lamppost like gets in the way of this second bullet, yes. like a, a twofer on that. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's pretty good. And so it is time to talk about shadows, I guess. Oh my fucking God. When I f- saw the what happens here for the very first time a couple of years ago when this episode aired, I just said, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I like the solution that's going to happen. I wish... It happened slower. Let it be known <laughs> that at no point previous to this sequence yes. has, has, <laughs> has Chariot Requiem's shadow been highlighted. I don't think it's ever been visible yeah. before this point. There's certainly been nothing calling attention to it until uh, uh, Diavolo's like, that shadow is the key. Yeah, Because whenever I look at it, it's pointed away from me regardless of any light sources around. Therefore, Mm. therefore, it extends away from the viewer. I'm sure that uh, if I'm standing here uh, on his right, it points to the left. But if, you know, Bruno was standing south, it would point north. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like... And, and therefore, this shadow does not exist truly in a physical, verifiable state. And this is because <laughs> Chariot Requiem itself is the silhouette of the soul. It is the shadow of one's own mind. C is for Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so this is the this is the the quality of chariot requiem which allows it to hijack stands and so to eliminate this ability and neutralize requiem as a whole you must eliminate the shadow and the way to eliminate the shadow is to uh, this way you do with anything else to eliminate the light source projecting the shadow what is the light source of the shadow it is the little golden ball the, <laughs> the mind orb Hovering behind my eyes at all times. Yeah. Y'all know about the mind orb, right? So Diablo is just like, and Diablo is one. Basically from here on out, Diablo's English voice actor crushes every scene. He is shouting like just with bloody rage at all times. It rules. And he says this so angrily and so confidently, like 
All of this absolutely well, yeah. makes 100% sense. You and can't do it any other way. If there's any hesitation, if there's any <laughs> trepidation, House of Cards all blows away. Yeah, and so, yes, with Silver Chariot Requiem, it's just, yeah, there is a golden soul mind orb behind everyone at all times when this stand <laughs> is active. That is the actual stand. That is the actual source of light that casts the shadow that makes you see Silver Chariot at Requiem and so Diablo's just like Eureka I'll punch the ball behind my head and so he does and Silver Cherry Requiem fucking explodes so the ball is Chariot Requiem and not an aspect of the self I don't know I thought I thought the ball was an aspect of the self because of what happens the next time the ball is important right no you're right I was (laughs) but but what you say makes more sense, except yeah, for yeah. this other thing that I'm not quite talking about yet. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't believe. I mean, everybody knows about the, the, the mind orb. I can't yeah. believe we've made it to like the 72nd, 73rd episode and haven't talked about the mind orb all this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been in every shot. Like, they're always talking about this. The mind orb predates Hamon, and for some oh, reason, yeah. we haven't mentioned it. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, King Crimson winds up for a big haymaker punch that lands behind its own head mm-hmm. and obliterates the, the golden mind orb, which <laughs> just explodes the top half of Chariot Requiem into that, like, rubberized, oily goo. And, of course, it releases the grip on the arrow. He seizes the arrow, but he forgot one very important thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody is better at this absolute bullshit than Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he has some tricks up his own sleeve. <laughs> it's some really, it's some Looney Tunes shit like, that he does right but- here. This is one of the most grounded things he does, because yeah. this is all set up, like, earlier in Golden Wind, and the, the foundation of this move is laid in Diamond is Unbreakable, Oh my god, frankly. yeah, you're right. So, so the move is, alright, once he got his arm punched off, there was some blood, obviously, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. And some of that blood landed on the fist of King Crimson and dried, and you know what shed and dried blood is? Dead stuff. We know this. Yeah. <laughs> and dead stuff can get turned into living creatures like, say, carpenter ants that crawl up off of <laughs> King Crimson's fist and onto the wooden shaft of the arrow, already broken once, now about to be chewed straight through yeah. as the arrow head, the only important part, falls to the ground again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also, this is like four straight episodes of people being unable to hold a simple object. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the, the way Giorno transforms the blood into the, the carpenter ants. Because he just, uh, it's like he's a fucking magician or something. Where yeah. You do a bunch of random bullshit and then like you, you snap your fingers and, you know, fucking he abracadabra. snaps his fingers. It's amazing. Yeah. Just snap your fingers. The blood are carpenter ants now. They can't catch us if cars are frogs. Also, if blood are ants. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, Uh in all of that time, it is just what Sex Pistols needed to to, uh, reload a third magazine into the Beretta. 
And so Mista fires two quick shots at King Crimson to keep his old body busy, and and four at the the arrow to to kick it up high into the air. Yeah. This does not work because the boss saw it coming and and threw a mutant man in the way <laughs> to catch all that fire. Those four bullets annihilate this mutated man. Like, <laughs> you, you know how the... I think I brought this up in a previous episode to describe how fucked up a guy gets in JoJo. But you know... <laughs> Yeah, the the guy who gets covered in toxic ooze in RoboCop yes, and then yes. and then he gets hit by the car and he just goes into fucking everywhere. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> Mutation kids, not even once. Yeah. Uh but but this is after, of course, doing the the fucking Wonder Woman pose flare to like backhand away the two bullets that were supposed to tie him up. Mm-hmm. You can't tie up King Crimson. He's he's master of time. Yeah. So even though this latest pair of gambits have not worked, they do get congratulated. The, the whole crew, at least the survivors, are, are like given basically a, a sarcastic applause yeah. for, for making Diavolo work harder than he ever has in his life uh, uh, to maintain his position, to maintain uh, everything uh, uh, that is important to him. They even found out his identity. No one's managed that before. Good job, kids. Yeah. As, as he reaches down to grab that uh, uh, arrowhead up off the pavement, and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, his, his hand reaches towards the arrow, and as he's about to grab it, his, his, he loses control of his arm, and his hand hits the arrow in a way that it kicks it way up into the air towards Mista and Trish's body. And he's like, hey, what the fuck? This super high, super long arc, so long, we're going to have at least two conversations yep. while this arrow is airborne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine how long a football game must take in the world of JoJo. <laughs> Holy shit. The commercial breaks are shorter than the, the talking. Yeah, they, they have to sub in commentary teams because their throats are so raw <laughs> by the end. Yeah, they got to take naps. So the way this worked is in that, that reach and then that sort of spasm that, that caused this, this arm spasm, you might have noticed that there are two long rubber bands extending from the, the back of King Crimson's hand. Mm-hmm. Those bands were the, the bullets that, that got blocked, yeah. that were softened and stretched and released by Spice Girl in secret. She just basically snapped him uh, uh, with, with big, long rubber bands made of softened bullets. Because mm-hmm. Trish has been awake this whole time, just, just waiting for the perfect moment, which is now, in order to to defy her father's will. Yeah. This is, really, Golden Wind is one long story of teenage rebellion. <laughs> it, yeah, it really is. So that's not going to stand. We can't accept this. No. And what I mean by that is it's time for <laughs> King Crimson to punch through Spice Girl like so many of the boss's victims before, which in this puppetry uh, also launches Mista's body high, <laughs> but not too high, a much lower, much more direct route underneath the high arc of the arrow on an yeah. intercept course. Yes, punches his daughter's soul to catapult him towards the arrow. And so, yeah, our, our cliffhanger ending is that Spice Girl sure looks like Trish is dying here, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like everybody else who's gotten the big puncture punch, even though it took a while for death to set in in that one case. Yeah, and it, and we get the cliffhanger with Bruno just shouting like, Trish, ah! ah! 
But before we move on, I do like so much respect for uh, the guy that bo- voices the boss in English because like he's the bossiest he's ever been to God, sell yeah. this nonsense yes. <laughs> and still make it like intimidating and scary and like he's while he's doing that like one hundred ten percent just the very like. I sit alone on the apex of eternity, Bucciarati, uh, all that stuff. For him to also be Bucciarati at the same time yeah. with his very, like, uh, centered and focused, like, direct authority, mm-hmm. like, no frills, just killing you, <laughs> that, that is Bruno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really nice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed the these two episodes a lot more in the english dub because i i think the english boss is just superior to the 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 japanese version he he sells it so hard and and makes this really goofy wacky shit that's happening work way better for me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) of of all the swapped people swapped performances like Mm -hmm. if i was going to rank them it's like number one trish uh, Tr- Trish, uh, Trish's actor as Mista, yeah. number two, Diavolo's actor as Bruno, and everybody else also does really well, but those two are just exemplary. <laughs> yep, yep, extremely good. Episodio 37, King of Kings. Mm. We begin by recapping the, the punch launch uh, and the apparent death of, of Trish Una. I keep saying Trish! Trish, Mista and Trish in Mista's body. Trish, 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 that feels bad to say. And then we get the opening with sound effects. Oh my goodness. Yep. This is not the last episode. This is the third to last episode. I'm expecting next week to be really stuffed episodes. Uh huh. Uh, so, so yeah, back in the action, Trish's soul, her glowing blue soul, has visibly separated from Mista's body. The boys are very, very worried about that. As King Crimson clasps his hands around that arrowhead that he, he launched himself toward, mm-hmm. and it pierces through one of his palms and is now, like, exiting the back of the hand. Yep. The boss is psyched, like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to get the, yes. this this grand power. Soon I will be made of glowy balls, or perhaps could be defeated by glowy balls that everyone <laughs> naturally has. Yep. <laughs> but as, you know, he, he waits for the power to course through him, the arrow just goes all the way through his hand. And he's like, huh? What the fuck? And he grabs the arrow again, and... The arrow just keeps slipping through his hands, not even like piercing them, just passing through it. And he notices notices his hands are like transparent. They're not corp- mm-hmm. corporeal. Yeah, and there's there's no big glowy flash of light or, or anything cool like that. And so he shouts, "What foul affliction have you handed me?" <laughs> yeah, uh, love that guy. And and as he he takes a look at his surroundings, he sees that. I mean, the the half-melted remains of Chariot Requiem are now emitting this cyan mist. Yes. Which is separating uh, everyone's souls from their bodies. That's what's really going on with Trish. She's not dying. She's going home. And so is everybody else. Yep. Uh, and this is when fucking Bruno pipes in to fuck over the boss. In the most Bruno way possible. So, yep. yeah, his whole thing is, like, no sense of self-preservation. Last time he fought the boss, he died, but still won. Yeah. yeah. It's time to do it again. 
So yeah, Sticky Fingers is out and just destroying his own mind orb, his golden <laughs> his golden light orb of the self. Is that what the soul is? I thought stands for what the soul is. Mm. Is is the mind separate from the soul? And this is I I this is why I wish. <laughs> Th- these are the questions I have, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so yes, he's obliterating his mind marble entirely. <laughs> yeah. Because he is the king of determinazione <laughs> and he knows that this is the end for him. His borrowed time is over and this is how he's ending it on his own terms. Mm-hmm. And the boss responds as if this is a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> for who gets to have the arrow he's like wait a minute buddy buddy i am the most qualified candidate here i love the body language that they animate into king crimson here he's kind of hunched over and and sweating and he like both hands like with all the four fingers extended like he's just like pointing at himself like fucking look at me dude <laughs> There must be someone with absolute dominion over all life, death, and reality on Earth, obviously. And who's going to do a better job than me? Come yeah, on, let come me on. have, let me have this. Like, like he's straight up just trying to bargain with Bruno. He's so desperate. I love it. And and again, he cannot imagine someone with a different way of looking at the world. Like mm-hmm. he is, he he has the authoritarian, despotic influence, and like so many who do, believes everyone else does too. They're just too polite to say so. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, Bruno just unzips his his mind orb all the way, and what's left of Sh- Silver Chariot Requiem just explodes. And everyone's souls start zipping back to their own bodies. Everybody's souls go home, including this moth and wasp that we've never seen before, but <laughs> yeah. just exists to illustrate this. Mm-hmm. But Bruno's home isn't that destroyed body. Mm-hmm. Bruno's home is the hallowed halls of heaven. Yes. His soul's getting the uh, Joseph Joestar treatment, where he becomes a big golden, or, or, or Avdol. And, and Iggy, even, he's getting the big, golden, wispy cloud soul in the sky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His shining golden spirit ascends. And uh, he has some farewell words for, for his friend and inspiration, Giorno Giovanna, that, that when Giorno entered his life, quote, my soul was reborn. Yeah. That was a week ago, let me remind you. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean this does this does work like mm-hmm. uh, especially in context of his flashback like there was something that he could not accept he could deny uh uh and just get the work done to be a mafioso under the boss but he could not in his truest heart of hearts serve a man who sold drugs to kids yes yep and, and having that made clear to him and to to be true to himself that's that's what happened it's real it works mm-hmm. i i love it like it's been raining the past like three or four episodes and as bruno is starting to say his goodbyes this is when the the clouds part and the the sun reemerges. uh it's beautiful and yeah, Giorno's golden soul just starts ascending into the heavens. Giorno's going to be a gang star just by process of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, his real plan all along. <laughs> I will be the most powerful mafioso in all of Italy. There's going to be like three of us left at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, almost, it feels like basically every single elite gangster in this mafia has been killed by this point. So. <laughs> 
What <laughs> once this is over, he's gonna go back home. He's gonna find Fugo and be like, Fugo, am I a gang star? And Fugo's gonna be like, Yeah, I guess. There's like, no one okay, left. Okay, all right, nice. Yeah. So so yeah, Trish is now safe and sound in her non-destroyed body. Mista is pretty used to getting Giorno's spare parts by now, so he'll be okay. Yep. And nobody else knows that Bruno is double dead because they they've been just like passed out in transit dur- during that scene. Mm-hmm. As we see Bruno uh, uh, climbing into the golden glow, surrounded by little naked baby cherubs. Yeah, yep. Th- this dude is getting the most like heavenly treatment out of any JoJo character. I think like <laughs> no one fights harder than Bruno Bucciarati. No one tries harder than Bruno Bucciarati. No one dies harder <laughs> than Bruno Bucciarati. Yeah. <laughs> And Bruno has a couple final words here, uh, basically telling, hey, Giorno, don't worry about me. I'm just returning to where I came from. I am going back to my origin. And this is when his soul just kind of wisps away and turns into golden clouds. Yeah, Bruno confirms he's a gift from heaven. Yeah, yeah. Is Bruno Bucciarati a Christ figure? <laughs> have, have we earned that, though? That's the question. I don't think Jesus has ever unzipped his entire body to, well... What do you think that the spear was? No, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, Jesus with sticky fingers getting the spear into him, but he's, like, unzipping a hole in his body so it doesn't hurt as bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Giorno clearly made all the the fishes to feed the 5,000. I don't know where the loaves came from, but I know where they found those fishes. God damn it, yeah, Giorno would do that, wouldn't he? (laughs) Fucking hell, it fits. Yeah, as Giorno is looking up into the skies and seeing Bruno in the clouds... He, like, reaches his hand up into the sky. And as Giorno turns into to clouds and, and dissipates, golden wisps... Bruno, you mean? Or Bruno, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, these golden wispy clouds surrounding Giorno's hands, uh, or uh, raised hand, dissipates. And suddenly, he has the arrow in his clutches. Perfect mirror, perhaps even reused animation from the OP. Yep. As we get the Chariot Requiem title card, as that stand has been utterly destroyed <laughs> Rest- through, through orb mischief. <laughs> Rest in peace, Silver Chariot. So yeah, th- this is what I meant earlier. If if Chariot Requiem is the orbs and the visible part is just the shadow cast by the orbs, mm-hmm. why would destroying it send Bruno's soul to, to, to rest with his brother in Christ? Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thinking too hard about these orbs. <laughs> uh, but after the, the, the mid-episode card, which actually comes in really early in the episode, we got a lot yes, of... To, yes, a lot is going to happen. early. Uh, yeah, all the bystanders we, we've checked in on from time to time are, are getting their cells in order. Uh, this dog is named Benedict. Yes. Benedict the unharmed dog. Yeah, the dog's fine. Like the, the owner and the dog, they get their souls fixed and, and in the proper bodies. And Benedict just leaps into its owner's arms and it's just so happy. Its tail is wagging. Benedict is a good dog. You know who is having a really bad day? Hmm. The cop who was a cop and then was locked up in the back of his car and now is chained to a pole through a hole in oh his face. Oh my god, yeah, that's a bad day. Holy shit. What a nightmare. He didn't do anything to deserve that that we saw. That we I'll, saw. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. He, he is a police officer in Part 5 Golden Wind and also <laughs> a police officer, so that's two strikes. Yeah, it's uh, shaky ground he's on already. At least his friend is no longer a bird and presumably can, like, recover the key to, to unlock him. But still, it's yeah. a rough way to wake up. Yeah. We're, we we get a shot here 
of the very last remnants of Silver Chariot Requiem dissolving away. It's just like the face that's left that's melting away. And this episode does not address it. But hey, if everyone's souls are going back to normal, what just happened to Polnareff? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. There's... Hmm. Hmm. Polnareff is not seen for the rest of the episode. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Polnareff... Polnareff essentially stops existing once he falls from that lamppost uh, uh, very early in the previous episode. Yeah. I mean, it exists. The the turtle was not destroyed to atoms, but I mean, like, he's not prominently framed. He doesn't speak. <laughs> yeah, the last time we see him is when Giorno, like, makes the carpenter ants because he can see him after he reattaches his arm. That He, right, he picks right. up the he, turtle. He exists in the way Trish exists for most of, most of yeah. these episodes. Yeah. yeah. Not now, though. Trish is a major player because we've run out of characters. Mm-hmm. It finally happened. Yep. It's fucking everyone else had to fucking die. Uh, uh, so, so Diavolo has a breakdown because he's Fate's special boy. What the fuck? Yep. Yep. He He's thinking to like monologuing about like the, the who was it that said that we're all soldiers chosen by fate or whatever. That's bullshit. I'm not a fucking soldier. I tried to find out who said that. And you know what I found? Huh? A bunch of people on Reddit asking where this quote from JoJo's came from. <laughs> I guess a, a Rocky's the origin. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, but yeah. He he's the he's not a fucking soldier. He's like the the king of kings. You know, like the episode title. Huh? Uh, mm. Ah, you mean Bruno's dad? Yes, yeah, yeah. Bruno's dad. Yep. <laughs> and so yeah, he's having a little bit of a breakdown here. Like, how dare everyone fucking defy me? I this is supposed. This was supposed to be my day. It's my birthday, and I <laughs> I want to get a strike while we're playing laser bowling or fucking whatever. Come on. I want an Oompa Loompa, and I want it now. <laughs> and so there's a there's a bit here where, where Diablo is thinking to himself that he needs to fucking retreat and, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. recuperate, come up with a new plan, and, and come back and get the arrow later. But Trish is just awake enough now to be like, hey, Giorno, you have to kill him now or he's going to run away and come back with a plan. Yeah. And Diavolo, hearing this and seeing Giorno with the arrow, decides, wait, fuck, I got to do this right now or else I am absolutely fucked. Uh, And I believe he straight up just says, I have to do this now for my dignity. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he, he has taken Trish's words. Uh, which were a little more involved, but uh, mm. as an insult to his pride and like, well, I got to kill this dude right now or I don't deserve to be fate special little boy. Yeah. And so he just lunges and and sprints towards Giorno and Giorno takes no time to just take that arrow and just stab him his own stand with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, right in the chest. As Diavolo uh, approaches, but wait, what's this? That didn't really happen yet. Yeah. That was just an epitaph vision, and there's more to it, uh, including Giorno's, like, dead, bloody body lying at Diavolo's feet. Hell yes. Yep. So now we get the actual stab and some actual praise from Trish about how Giorno's awesome and is going to destroy that awful boss who sucks, mm-hmm. and I hate my dad so much. <laughs> But instead of the big glowing light, there's just a giant hole in Gold Experience's chest. 
Yep. It looks like Giorno got shot through with a cannonball. <laughs> yeah, and also like the hand, Golden Experience's hand that was holding the arrow, all of his fingers just explode off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just crumble off. Diablo is just like, oh, fuck yeah, he's already exploding. Hell yes, I'm so glad I didn't run away. This is awesome. I'm going to crush this dude's skull in. Quote, did you already forget what the detestable turtle said? <laughs> yeah. So the point he's bringing up is that, you know, the arrow seeks a, a, a wielder, someone who's worthy of its power. And like, this blonde, cannoli-haired little freak boy, you think Mr. Ants is worthy of this? No, the arrow will destroy him, and I'm gonna help. This is my fate, my destiny, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And so he does this huge knockout punch to Gold Experience's face. And, and again, the arrow is dropped. And again, he goes to pick it up. And again, it slips through his fingers. Who really is worthy, huh? Mm. Huh? Thor, love and thunder in theaters. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and so yeah, when he, he punched Golden Experience, like, square in the face, he, he basically caved uh, Golden Experience's face in. Like, there's just a big hole in, like, where its right eye should be. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Giorno is just falling to the ground, like, with blood streaming out of his face and his Stan's face. But then the camera gets closer and we can see the, the shattered face of Golden Experience has a new face underneath it. Yes, yes, with human eyeballs. Human eyeballs. Human eyeballs. Yes, with a haunted look. And Diablo, he he reached for that arrow, and it slipped through his hands. And it didn't just slip through his hands; it just started levitating into the air, going in mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. just going in a direction. And it goes to Golden Experience's arm and like pokes itself through its wrist and just wriggles all the way up Golden Experience's arm until it like fuses with its shoulder, like inside yeah, the arm. Yeah, yeah, like. Gold Experience has sort of an exoskeleton situation going on, especially in these moments. Mm -hmm. And so the arrow is snaking and twisting up through, like, the cracks left in in this beating it's just received. Mm -hmm. And Diablo is just, like, very confused as to what's happening. And he looks down, he looks down at Gold Experience, and much like Echoes from Part 4... It has left, it has molted. Yes, It's it's left behind its exoskeleton. It's split open and it's hollow in the inside. And Giorno and his brand new stand are just, just, they're just fucking flying now. They're just floating. They are flying in the air. He's he's gone Super Saiyan. Yeah, this is a level beyond gold experience, let me tell you. Uh, so, so Trish says that the arrow has bonded to Giorno for all eternity. I guess she just has a hunch about that. It's at least inside his Stan's body now, which certainly makes yeah. it harder to get. It's his head. It's in it's in the face now. Yep. yep. So yeah, say hello to Gold Experience Requiem, because what Giorno really needed all this time is eight new ill-defined powers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about the look of this guy. We we yeah. keep the same color palette essentially of a very like pale gold. Mm-hmm. Almost white gold is the base color, but with purple, orange, and a little bit of green highlights going on. Yeah, it's a little bit more muscular now. It's mm-hmm. not like ripped or anything, but if the original gold experience was just kind of lean, this this one's built gone to the gym a bit more. 
I like the head. I like the head and face a lot. The yeah. rest of it is fine, honestly. It, the, the rest of, like, from it, basically the shoulders down, it's a very slight change from the original to this one. It's almost just like you got a, a palette swap in a fighting game, mm-hmm, <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, like, neck up, it looks pretty cool. See, so we, we got, like, a, a purple speedo uh situation essentially but it's all like shiny armor uh there's an upside down heart over the sternum mm-hmm. it is generally what you'd call the shape or like a very soft blobby arrowhead perhaps yeah uh, uh as this the bright purple sternum plate everywhere along the the arms shoulders and thighs are are little vents that bits of orange peek through and that's yeah. like it's it's a good color palette honestly i'm just the yeah, design it, it seems pretty standard for for part five stands frankly Mm -hmm. but yeah now we get to the head uh it's got this big like very tall collar in the back that that just goes very flat to the collarbones in the front like a big wearing an ice cream scoop or or a hood (laughs) that doesn't get pulled up or something yeah yeah and the face like the the head so it kind of looks like the original gold experience pulled off its bicycle helmet and this is yes. what he was this was his hair underneath or something it's or the bicycle helmet split open and yeah. flared out yeah. into this sort of th- these spikes oh it's good yeah and it's 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 actual face like the it has very much more like human eyes but even its jaw and and stuff it looks a lot more human now it's missing a nose Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. its facial structure resembles Jorno more than it did before. Uh, stronger jaw and stuff like that. And yeah, he just looks kind of cool. And dead center of the forehead, like his his T zone, mm-hmm. is the arrowhead, the arrowhead uh, in purple now to to go with the color palette. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. It looks so good. Yeah. Jorno's first attack is to shoot a fucking golden laser out of his fingertip. <laughs> <laughs> It is a laser, but it, like it creates the golden laser out of a little pebble that's levitating near him. And the laser shoots through King Crimson's hand because everybody needs to be a little bit religious. We got some stigmata happening now. Yep. I, I guess we did already pierce his palms. Yeah. <laughs> Why set your story in Italy if it's not going to get real Catholic at some point, <laughs> I guess? Yeah, yeah. And so this laser burns through King Crimson's palm and, like, blasts a hole in the building behind it, and the rubble turns into scorpions! Ah, like, do, like, a, like a dozen scorpions that fly <laughs> at Diablo. One of them lands on on him. He, he rips the scorpion off as fast as he can, but it already stung him and tore a chunk of flesh off of him in the process. This is when Giorno just starts talking about... Uh, he starts talking about truth. Yeah, yeah. The real power is truth because truth lasts forever, and so therefore, let's fight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the 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 wills and determination of all of his dead friends are, are with him forever, and they will power him to uh, annihilating evil, <laughs> specifically you, Diavolo. But but all of King Crimson stuff still like works yeah he's yeah. still in this he's in his old super ripped body there's he, so he's free he doesn't have to like puppet anybody he's got epitaph he can obliterate time mm-hmm. come on there's no greater power th- than having ultimate i don't know veto power over causality come on yeah meanwhile okay so trish and mista are here witnessing this fight but they're kind of like when you know the the 
sideliners from Dragon Ball have to watch the crazy fights in Dragon Ball Z and all they can do is commentate on it. <laughs> I've always thought of Mista as a bit of a Yajirobe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're both very smelly. This is confirmed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very hairy, too. Uh, I mean, this is explained because, like, their souls just got reunited in their bodies and they're very weak, especially because one of them got a hole punched through them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're just kind of on the ground watching struggling to do anything but that so we get a, a little insight into the thoughts of of diavolo here and he's a little freaked out because he couldn't see that <laughs> he couldn't even with king crimson's abilities he could not see the moment that giorno launched that laser beam attack all he mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he was still able to save himself because his vision just showed him with his hand up blocking that laser which was enough. And so he's like, okay, King Crimson's still like doing stuff. This powered up stand certainly is really fucking strong, but that's all it is. I'm just going to predict the future and fucking kill the shit out of this dude. Yeah, Here I go. Yeah. So uh, just before it's time to obliterate time, Mista does fire off a salvo, but hey, uh, uh, Diavolo dodges all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sees like not our typical punch rush, but like an actual boxing combination coming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so he dodges that too and tosses some blood into Giorno's eyes to blind him. That's sort of a go-to move lately for mm-hmm. him. And while he is in obliterated time, he takes a little hair peek through Epitaph because I guess he can also do it that way mm-hmm. uh, and sees himself puncture punching Giorno's heart out. Yes, he straight up tears Giorno's heart out in the, the, the prediction of the future. And so he's psyched. Yeah, yeah. He's, this is great news, except it's not what happens. Yeah. <laughs> King Crimson winds up and goes in for his biggest punch ever and inches away from Giorno, his punch just stops. And everything goes backwards. He he goes back into his windup, and the the blood flies out of Giorno's eyes, and the the bullets pass backwards. And now, uh, uh, Diavolo is seeing himself in many time slice clones as they all react a second after one another to this strange and confusing experience. Yeah. And so now it's time for Gold Experience Requiem itself to speak independently, a thing Gold Experience never did. Yeah. And explain what is happening, which is that, again, truth is the true strength. Yeah. So, yeah, that like time is still, we, we are still in like a race time zone. Like we haven't left the King Crimson zone yet. Gold Experience Requiem can act within it. And just saying, like, this is my power. Not even my user, Giorno Giovanna, knows what the fuck I do. Uh, (laughs) Which is basically, okay, JoJo fights, a lot of the time, could be compared to when children do fights in the playground and go, well, I have magma-blocking armor. Well, I have magma that can go through magma-blocking armor. And just making up shit on the fly like that. Golden Experience Requiem's power is basically, no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. You didn't do that. If if King Crimson is the master of causality, then Gold Experience Requiem is entirely divorced from causality. Yeah. 
he he just achieves his effect just cause while <laughs> yes. uh, uh, while in obliterated time king crimson's whole thing is like i am the only cause in a world of effects uh, uh gold experience requiem just one ups that by saying i have effects without causes the end yeah the end i don't need you i bypass your your mechanism <laughs> the end yeah good day sir and this entire time, Diablo keeps looking into the future and seeing him punching Giorno and, and tearing his heart out and being faster than Gold Experience can, can move. And Gold Experience Requiem just says, okay, you, you keep seeing, like, what you are seeing will happen, but I'll never let you get there. <laughs> Diablo, you know, keeps rewinding back to the start of this. And eventually he just goes in for another big punch and uh gold experience just goes no and just fucking gets him <laughs> with a big ass punch rush instead to be continued mm-hmm. i'm sure it will i'm sure it will be continued because i i'm very surprised mm-hmm. that there are two episodes remaining if oh, there yeah. was one episode remaining it would make perfect sense to me yep we finish the beat down we have a little denouement a little epilogue that's that's an episode that's solid yeah. What's the other one? What the, is going to happen? The, the final two episodes of part five <laughs> are things I was not fucking expecting. It's interesting, <laughs> and I'm very curious how you will feel about the final two episodes. But yes, the, the, the cliffhanger of this episode is just Giorno is wins. He's winning. <laughs> Giorno is wins. Giorno is Giorno wins. Giorno is wins. Bruno is Jesus. <laughs> Trish is talking. Finally. Finally. God damn. I like Trish. She should have been in the show way more. Should have seen her use that stand way more. It's fun. I mean, yeah. The one like uh, uh, use of Spice Girl's uh, ability in this episode is exactly what we were talking about yeah. back when it debuted. That It's just this surprise assist that uh, turns Mista's distraction into a slingshot to, to win the day. Yeah, yeah. Also, I was just thinking, you know, if Spice Girl came into the show earlier or she had a much more active role when she did appear in, in the series... I want to see Spice Girl interact with Sex Pistols, the two stands I can talk. Yes, yes, yes. I want to see Spice Girl tell Bruno, hey, you could be nicer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants you to be nicer and none of the human beings are going to say it, but I'm a stand. So you know what? Let's go. Because Spice Girl fe- seems like a lady that won't take shit. Yes. Like yes. she'll just say what she feels right there on the spot. She don't give a fuck. But yeah, that that is the end of the two episodes for today. Lots of wild shit in this one. Yeah, <laughs> wild, wild stuff. Wild, like it's in the title. Like, what do you, what do you expect? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, this is not JoJo's totally normal and fully foreshadowed adventure. <laughs> yeah, the boss just suddenly coming up with the solution to punch his mind orb, and that mind orbs exist <laughs> is the craziest thing. I wish it was foreshadowed, but I also just enjoy the insanity of it just coming up out of nowhere. Like there, there's something about like the the American transcendentalist vision of of like the self as a an unlitted eye passing through the forest to mm-hmm. to the mind orb. Like there's, I just 
I want a definition of the mind orb that is clearer so I know what to think so that I know like what we're really going for. Is it the mind? Is it the soul? Is it the self? Are those distinct things? Are those the same thing? And so much of part five, like starting from starting from Black Sabbath is telling you that a stand user stand is their soul. That's the same thing, but also not really because soul, because when we get our soul swap, it's always called a soul swap, never a mind swap. Yeah, it's yeah. something in addition to the stand, because they're not sure whether their stands came with them or not. They have to test it. Or maybe that's just their fallibility as human beings, and souls really are the stand, so obviously it came with them. It is them in a very real sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I want... So, one, one thing with the... I want to know. <laughs> one thing with the soul slash mind thing is I... F- if I remember correctly, because I had the subtitles on while watching this, Diablo always refers to it just as the soul. And it's the English dub that changes some of the uses of the word soul to mind. Like the one time he says soul is after he or mind is when he says soul like three times previously in the last sentence. So I don't know if they were trying to not just use the same word over and over. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, and I... <sighs> I, I need a very trusted, very fluent in Japanese person yeah. to help me out with this because, like, with that thing we were talking about last week with a uh, uh, Polnareff saying something and then discovering that idea that he already said, I don't mm-hmm. know if I trust the subtitles any better for these very particular, yeah. very fine-grained distinctions and it's that like, do have big repercussions. Yeah, when I came back to rewatch these episodes for this this podcast i had made up in my own mind like what i said earlier what i thought was going on with the orb which i feel is the better explanation which is that the the orbs is the actual golden chariot or a golden chariot silver chariot requiem that makes so much sense that makes so much sense like it except yeah (laughs) the stand is the the light source orb and the the light source hitting your soul then creates the shadow of your own soul in the form of this projection of Silver Chariot Requiem. Maybe just the final exertion of it is what kills Bruno, or maybe like he knows his body can't accept him. So if he fixes it, then it's it's time to ascend. Yeah. I, okay. Let Let's go with that. Let's say that. Let's say that Chariot Requiem is the series of orbs, and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, killing the orb didn't kill Bruno, except that it would have sent his soul to an unfit vessel, so he goes to heaven. That's kind of how I've thought it worked at least yeah you've convinced me i want that that is what i that is what i say now yeah now i say that yes yeah because i mean like punching the orb hurts the the stand so the orb has to be the stand right <laughs> but that's really not the sense that i got yeah. from any of the dialogue about it yeah i don't know <laughs> I like my explanation so much more. Because the dialogue really points to it being an intrinsic property of the metaphysical person. Everyone has their own orb that casts this light through which we see Cherry Requiem. I can at least fairly confidently say the soul orb never comes back as a thing in JoJo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Soul orb. The sorb. The sorb. Oh, the mind orb. It's, it truly is morbing all over us. <laughs> oh, the morb. But man, boss's voice actor killing it these two episodes. I love it. And killing everybody else. 
Oh, yeah. He's a busy guy. We started with six Passione boys. Yeah. We are down to two Passione boys and the, the new girl who joined halfway. Mm-hmm. There's no way that if, if the, the whole badge thing system is still in place, she doesn't get a badge at the end of this, right? Yeah. They like, need she, to- <laughs> she's in the group, like, deep now, right? Yeah. Like, at this point, you got to repopulate the ranks. <laughs> and you know what? She doesn't even need to go through the whole get a stand to be in the mafia thing. She's got one already. Yeah. She passed the interview. It gave the interview. It's very talkative. Yeah. I mean, if she wants to be, I guess. But what else does she have going on in her life? Really? Really? Come on now. Yeah, yeah. She she hasn't been talking about getting back to that shop she worked in on Sardinia last month. Come on. Mm -hmm. We only got two episodes left of part five. I'm very interested to see your reaction to these two and also to rewatch them myself because I don't remember them extremely well. And I'm I'm curious how I will feel about them with the English dub because I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of part five I have enjoyed more with the English dub, partially just because I think the English dialogue, it flows a lot better than the subtitled stuff does. It it really speaks to the credit of uh, the... uh, uh the like dub script authors and the the direction because if you take all these same actors and put them in another show their dub can still suck yep you know how many people in part four which is also a dub we praised regularly uh were in Noah zero and you know how bad that dub sucks oh i don't know about that dub oh i mean I watched it because ju- just to see ever it's all flat and lifeless mm. and like I mean that's the story it's just a bunch of emotionally stunted weirdos but not in fun ways just in very cold ways mm. doing emotionless war at each other but it's just the the main rival like anti-hero shares a vo- an English voice with Koichi, the okay. most vibrant and, and <laughs> wonderful little boy in part four. And God, he sucks in that. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody sucks in that. Was that the show that you, you showed me a, a early fight from where they had that mech fight and they had to find the weak point on it by seeing, like, had a shield they had to get through or something? Or was that a different mm-hmm, thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that is the mech show where fights, when they are good, are very much like uh, uh, science based stand fights. Okay, yeah. And when they're bad, it's just the main guys like, why don't we shoot it from above if we can't get at it from the left or right? And everybody acts like they didn't already think of that and they do it <laughs> and it works. Like, yeah. Come on, dude. Come yeah. on. So thank you very much for joining us. A slightly shorter, because again, we only talked about two today, mm-hmm. and we are talking again about two more next week. Like, we'll we'll be doing a, a recap episode with a special guest after that, but then, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're kind of caught up, because part six isn't done being animated yet. At time of recording, we haven't decided what we're going to do and when. Yeah. Uh, uh, that might still be the case when we talk to our guest, but by the time you hear that guest episode, mm-hmm. we will have decided. And if I'm not saying it live uh, uh, when we record that, I will splice in an announcement. Yeah. So. I mean, there certainly is other JoJo stuff to take a look at. Whether what comes next is a break or a filler arc or related materials or just going on to part six and then there will be another break or filler arc or something yeah. in the middle of part six, whatever it is, yeah. our, our show will continue, <laughs> that's for sure. At this point of recording, at least, we at least have a release date for the next chunk of part six. 
but <laughs> I don't think it will be the rest of it. I think it's probably going to be 39 episodes like part five was. So this would only be the, the second third of the show. But that's looking so far into the future again. Yep. In the near future, we are going to be coming at you with episodes 38 and 39, Gold Experience Requiem and The Sleeping Slave. Hmm. <laughs> Oh boy, another terrible thing to put in JoJo's <laughs> slavery. Yep, yep. So, yeah, until then, see you later. I'm hoping that's metaphorical. To be continued. Oh, it, it extremely is. Yeah.